Welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. Elijah Rising is an organization empowering women recovering from sexual exploitation. This episode is going to help you become more aware about the issue of sex trafficking and inspire you to take action. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Adam, and today I'm joined by Pastor Samantha Rude. Samantha is the director of Audience of One, the 24-7 prayer and worship initiative at the Great Southwest Prayer Center, a catalytic resource center of worship and prayer for the city of Houston. Uh, Samantha is also a graduate of the Bible Seminary, where mm-hmm. she got, whoop, whoop, um, uh, good, great, Friends and Partners of Elijah Rising, uh, where she got an MA in Biblical Languages and Ancient Near Eastern Cultures, and maybe more importantly than all of that, was classmates with our very own David Gamboa. Is that right? That's right. (laughs) Who made the better grades? Don't answer that. Um, (laughs) Welcome, Samantha. Thank you, Adam. I'm glad to be here. Today on the podcast, we're asking the question, why prayer? Um, and so if you know Elijah Rising, if you know a little bit about us, or if you've heard our mission statement even, um, we're really kind of committed to four ways that we combat the issue of trafficking. Uh, and we kind of feel like the first way is the most important way, and that is through prayer. And we do awareness, intervention, and restorative care. Sure. Those are critically important. Um, but prayer has always been central to the work of Elijah Rising. It's how we started. We started as a prayer meeting um, and partnering with houses of prayer around the city and leaders in the movement of the house of prayer in the city. And so it kind of feels like to me, Samantha, today, <laughs> and this conversation is a little bit of a full circle moment yeah. for me. Because this is how we started, and we've asked you to come on and and talk about the why. Like, why are we still, after ten plus years uh, of 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 working, um, still praying? So, before we talk about Elijah Rising, I want to know about you. Why are you passionate about the issue of sex trafficking, and uh, and did Elijah Rising play a role in that passion at all? Absolutely. Yeah. So I spent some time overseas after college, um, in in between college. Um, in Asia, and mm. I made some great connections, met a lot of wonderful Asian Chinese women specifically, yeah. um, learned some of the language, and just, I was fully immersed in living there, and so, mm. you know, I just, as a girl from Katy, that was a wild change in demographic and geography sure, and yeah. culture, all the culture things. Culture shock, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so just being immersed there and learning, whoa, this is another culture that God loves that's made yeah. in God's image that mm-hmm. is so beautiful and so different from my own. Right. Um, I learned to value and appreciate that. And then coming back to Katy, I hadn't lived in Katy since leaving in 2007 for college. Mm. And I came back and I heard about, you know, I was going to get a foot massage because that's what I did in China. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and there, it was fun. I was meeting women. I got to use my Mandarin a little bit here and there. Wow. And uh, somehow, I don't even remember exactly how I got connected with a van tour. And I did a van tour in Katy and it blew my mind. So not only was there trafficking going on in my hometown, my family's been in Katy since like 1908. Oh my So goodness. my ownership, wow. like the way I feel about the city of Katy is wow. like, this is my home. Yeah. This, these are my roots. And so to learn that there were women being trafficked on Mason Road broke my heart and made me really like righteously angry. Yeah. And then to learn it's 
these Chinese women, it's these Asian women. I felt like I, not strictly that, but in sure. my experience, Mason Road, Fry Road, the, yeah. the brothels, the things going on there, yeah. um, kind of revolve around those Asian women. And I, again, I was just angry. I was looking for a way to use my gifts to do anything that I could to make freedom and healing a part of, of the story yeah. rather than just seeing it as a huge problem <clears throat> excuse me, and then not knowing what to do, right? you know? So right. knowing that I could get involved in Elijah Rising simply by prayer, yeah. using my gifts, yeah. focusing on like the, the mantle of Christ, that was integral in me even just settling down in the city of Katy. Hmm. So no I think kidding. Elijah Rising plays a huge role in that. Um, oh, I'm an ally. Yes. I've been super involved in other seasons of life and and less actively involved um, recently. But the the place of prayer is something we're committed to, and Elijah Rising is always a part of that. Yeah. And what do you remember when you took that awareness van tour? How long yeah. ago that was? Probably f- fourteen or fifteen, maybe. Okay. Wow. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been so tough. The, that awareness van tour has been a catalyst for so many individuals as an on-ramp to the work. Um, it's been so difficult the past year with coronavirus. You know, mm-hmm. we have not been able to run van tours since uh, January of 2020. Um, and so it's just always great to hear. I didn't know that. I didn't mm, know that you that yeah, you uh, got involved with a van tour, but we hear that over and over. Um, and so that's great. And what I kind of hear you saying too is like you had this experience with a people group and you had this experience in your home, right? Mm, yeah. And then what happened was you, those two things, those two worlds collided for you. Violently. It, but, but not in like a positive way. Right. Like in a really negative, like you were exposed to an injustice in which those two worlds collided. Is, is that kind of what you're saying? 100%. And yeah. I've always been a person of justice i'm a firstborn things are like it's (laughs) just in my dna to care about you know the marginalized or when people are getting the short end of of a system or Mm. or something like that so to see it in my hometown like you said with this people group i had encountered fell in love with been brought into yeah in true relationship right like they they loved me that community of of people that i was involved with and so Mm. i think it, it made it even more that collision there was shrapnel everywhere. Like I couldn't yeah. not see yeah. it happening. Yeah. And so getting involved was necessary for me. Necessary. Yeah. And that first, the first way you decided to do that was in prayer. Prayer. Yeah. Yes. So I wonder, and you're still praying about the issue of trafficking. 100%. So how are you using prayer? Even in those first days of mm-hmm. awareness, but uh, you know, all these years later, how are you using prayer to respond to the issue of sex trafficking? As a daily reminder of, you know, the spirit of the living God is to free the captives, you know, is to bring sight to the blind. And that was me. I was blind. I was blind to this thing happening in Mm. my community. Mm. And so I felt, though pained at the reality, I felt so fortunate that the Lord was like, see this thing, Mm. this thing that really matters to you. You have a role. Yeah. In, in advancing my kingdom and bringing freedom and healing to these people, not just the women on one side, but also those who demand, That's those right. who, you know, who are buying and purchasing and selling. Um, yeah, it was, I feel so fortunate that it was a simple, prayer is not always easy, but sure. prayer is extremely simple. Mm. And so knowing that there was a simple way that I could engage in the movement of justice and freedom, um, 
that was wonderful. And in the early days, Elijah Rising had opened Acadia West Side. Yeah. I think we were doing second Fridays or was it fourth Fridays? I've second, done both. Second Fridays, second Fridays second. was in Katie. <laughs> you have been around a long yes. time. Yes. And yeah. so my team, I've had the same um, worship team of guys who are just like big, burly, bearded men, yeah. and they're wonderful. And we've always had a mantle of freedom and healing. You know, mm-hmm. we've done ministry in a variety of different ways um, along those lines, freed- uh, like um, it's like the Christian equivalent of AA meetings and things like that. That was always our jam. Like it felt like our DNA yeah. was to serve in that capacity. Yeah. And so when Elijah Rising started having second Friday interventions, we were like, we want to be here. We will mm. do the worship and prayer portion before. We will stay in worship and prayer during intervention. Yeah. And um, that was so impactful. Mm. For me personally, you know, sometimes you don't see the impact that worship and prayer has yeah. in an intervention because you're not there. Yeah, right, right. But knowing with confidence, again, that the spirit of the Lord is to bring freedom to those who are in captivity in yeah. whatever in whatever way. Um, so that was kind of our initial way of getting into the movement, meeting people, connecting with others who have this burden to pray. And, and to do the work of bringing, of bringing freedom to those in trafficking. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder, um, I wonder what you feel like God's heart is, right, in that. Like, as you have spent those hours and those times, you've led these teams, mm-hmm. um, you've had these conversations, you've watched the issue evolve over the years. Um, what is God's, th- this was a question we were actually asked recently, like, <laughs> what is God's heart? Uh, mm. in, in the issue of, of trafficking. What do you feel from all those hours in the prayer room um, wow. interceding over the issue? I know that God is big. Mm. God is huge, yet so intimate and personal. Mm. Sometimes we see him as a judge or a ruler or a king that is distant and has these markers that we have to achieve in order for him to love or receive us or yeah. even hear the prayers we pray, right? Yeah. But the more time I spend in prayer, the more I realize God is so relational. Mm. He will take anything, the most horrible of situations, and somehow squeeze goodness and purpose and a plan (laughs) that is unthinkable. Our human nature cannot grasp his sovereign plan for us as humans, right? And so prayer, I feel like, allows us to get into the strategy of what God is doing on the earth. And so God is relational, God is strategic, and God is love. And when there is a system or a mechanism that is removing love, true love, which is, again, kind of hard for us to grasp. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's a system that, that devalues humans, that devalues his most precious creation, I think that grieves him. I think it makes God angry. And he has strategy and plans and purposes from, you know, we read it in Isaiah that he says, the spirit of God is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to bring freedom to the captives. Jesus says it again in Luke. And knowing that when you go to the place of prayer, you can always agree. I always agree with the spirit of God that says freedom, liberty, sight, yeah. Relationship with him. Yeah. So that's what I think we can't comprehend because it's so, it's terrible mm. when you encounter and you begin to, you know, awareness is great. Sure. Awareness has grown since I've been involved in, yeah. in the movement, right? It's, and it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But you move from awareness into, okay, I have this knowledge and now I have responsibility for this knowledge. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Action. 
action is, I think, getting into the action is, is a tough, maybe not tough, but it is kind of like a fork in the road. Sure. Are you going to keep just being aware and doing what you do, or are you going to move into a place of action? Um, and so yeah. that's his strategy works, and we aren't always in on the story from beginning to end, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can be confident when we look at these horrific situations where people are... <laughs> bought and sold, which is not the will of God, right? right. Yeah. We can be confident that the Lord has a plan for goodness in every, no matter how horrible the situation, his plan of goodness is there and his spirit confirms freedom, justice, liberty, yeah. love. And so when we agree with him there, yeah. I feel like all, all doors, all possibilities open up. What are you good at? What has he made you passionate about? That's your your flow of action. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and you just make me think about Jesus, you know, his, that first sermon, I think it's captured in Luke four, where he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. And he says like, like, what is Jesus about? Right? Like, like he says, he stands up in the synagogue and he quotes, I think it's Isaiah 61 Mm -hmm. and he reads the list. You know, you've quoted it two or three times already. (laughs) It kind of just the flow of conversation. It's like, if we are, you know, if we are the representation of Christ in the earth, if we are, maybe a better way to put that is like, if we are his hands and his feet, if we are his body, Mm -hmm. if we are Jesus in the earth, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That would mean that that sermon, that that identification of him being, you know, freedom to, you know, declaring freedom to the captives and sight to the blind and that whole, you know, recitation of the prophet Isaiah's um, messianic kind of description. That means that we kind of like, that's us too. Totally. <laughs> right? I mean, Absolutely. Like, if it's Jesus's mandate, then it's our mandate. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and those two things just have to like, I, I feel like we have to come to terms with that if we are people of faith in Christ. Hmm. And we have to find ways to embody that, not just read it in, you know, daily Bible reading and, 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 you know, and move on from it or something like that. Like we actually have to figure out a way to set the oppressed free. Absolutely. And so I wonder, um, we kind of went off a little bit, but that's great. I mean, this is a great conversation, but so what does it look like? Uh, just kind of going, uh, circling back. It's like, what does it look like for, for you to respond to the issue of trafficking, uh, like in prayer? Like, is, do you schedule that? Like, is that something that you're doing like on Tuesdays at two or, right. you know, I'm just throwing out a hypothetical here. Like, how does that, because you, you clearly have a passion for it. Mm. You clearly have a vision for it. You mm-hmm. have a theology for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have a practice that you've implemented. So like, tell me like the practical. Like, what does that practice look like for you to pray about the issue of trafficking? What are the practicals? The practicals are, yeah, I set aside a couple hours a week. You know, we have initiatives within um, the Great Southwest Prayer Center. Okay. The Seven Mountains are one, you know, okay. and we spend time praying over the Seven Mountains. We spend what do you mean? Time. What do you mean by that? What are, What are the What do you mean? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I know I'm <laughs> family, religion, okay. um, education, media, government. Yeah. 
so, and some other good ones. So seven, <laughs> kind of seven key social. Correct. The, uh, the things that fuel our culture. Okay. And we believe that there are people who believe in Jesus yeah. in every realm of those seven mountains, right? Sure. That kind of shape our culture. In and government, so, in education, in absolutely. family. Absolutely. Yeah. In the arts, in yeah. you know all of these areas of influence, right? Yeah. And so we are praying for the spirit of the living God to embolden those people who sit on those mountains, who have influence. Yeah. To make him king. Yeah, yeah. And so that, we believe, shapes culture at large mm. when people as influencers rise up. And and not in a militant, God is king where I am, but in sure. a, I, like you said, I embody the tenements of Christ. And so yeah. I'm going to exhibit them here in my workplace, in the places where I have influence. Right. It's always going to be about Jesus yeah. and that that's powerful that changes lives that changes circumstances that changes governments that changes yeah. culture yeah. Um, so that's a big part of of how I spend my week in not necessarily personal prayer but private prayer mm. for those initiatives and Elijah Rising is one of not just Elijah Rising but the anti-trafficking movement especially in the city of Houston you yeah. know that's our that's my mantle right now as the city of Houston, and, and we take it very seriously. And then the third Thursday of every month, um, from 6 to 8, we have open freedom and healing with the initiative of ending trafficking. And that's at the, the Great Southwest the Great Southwest uh, Prayer Center. Center yeah. yeah. So often people, Samantha, often people think, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this, I've heard this, <laughs> I have felt this way, and sometimes... Sure. Um, and to be quite honest, in the past year, I've felt this way often. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people think prayer is just like boring mm-hmm. or dry or um, perhaps a waste of time, even mm. though like theologically we believe like sure. prayer is important. <laughs> it is what we do. It's how we commune with God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even though we might have a theological system for it, we still have like this, this place in us that feels like, well, this isn't doing anything. This mm. isn't making an impact and I'm bored. And so sure. like, I'm not finding any joy in this. Um, or any connectedness in this. I'm not moved in this place of prayer. So I wonder, as someone who has like built their life and career <laughs> around like praying a lot, sure. it's so funny. Um, how do you stay committed to so many hours? Mm. Um, well, and I don't know. Maybe this is a bit of a leading question, but like. <laughs> I'm sure it gets dry for hmm. you too. Like I'm sure there's a struggle. I so, am a human. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very good. So like, so like talk to us a little bit about that. Like, is it, is it, is there impact and what, I mean, is it just boring? You know, there are seasons to mm. life and the life of prayer, just like there are seasons to everything. You know, sometimes you love your job and sometimes you're like, man, sure. I'm going to look and see if there's something else out there that yeah, maybe yeah. I'd like more or maybe that would get my attention. I love working for Elijah rising. (laughs) And I love working for the great Southwest. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but just on the note of we're all human and variety is the spice of life, right? Like you like to switch it up sometimes. Um, I think we've been as evangelicals or evangelical refugees, whatever you want to call yourself, our generation, especially in, in our culture of evangelicalism, we're seeing a lot of division, just like we're seeing in every area of our culture, right? Yeah, without a doubt. There's a lot of things where we're like, why are we still discriminating against women? Yeah, like, we have right. the whole life of Christ to whatever. That's yeah, a different no, conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's but, a different podcast episode, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll come back if you want me. That's right. Um, we've been so overprogrammed. We've been programmed Mm. into, you know, read the Bible in a year and pray with this prayer group and do this prayer, you know, soap and whatever that, you know, like Mm. these programs. And we're so 
overstimulated with the program, mm-hmm. what I've learned after devoting myself to prayer as a lifestyle, prayer as a job now, you yeah. know, a career, Jesus is not about programs. Yeah. He is about us. He's about us getting to know him and him getting to know us. Yeah. Um, it's relational, like I said. You cannot escape the relational aspect of God through Jesus Christ, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, right? It's just who he is. And so I think a lot of times when people feel like prayer is either too much, too heavy, not enough, Mm. we're missing the intimacy of Christ Mm. and and the message that is, I want to know you. Mm. And I want everyone to feel about me the way you feel about me. So get to know me, get close to me, so you can share this revolutionary idea of love, freedom, liberty, Mm. sight, hearing, and not just on a human level, but the invitation to be be one as Jesus and the Father are one. And so in the place of prayer, I feel like that's still mind-blowing. You know, Mm. I've I've been doing this for a while in in some capacity, um, full-time for the past year or so. It doesn't get old. Like when you're focusing on the beautiful man who is Jesus Christ and you want to get to know him and be known by him, avenues of prayer extend from that. Hmm. Like there's, there's no substitute for personal prayer because it's, your, it's how you take care of your relationship. You know what I mean? You yeah, wouldn't yeah. expect to feel close to your kid or your spouse or your best friend yeah. if you never spend time getting to know them, right? Yeah. Or even just time in silence being like, man, I really enjoy just like, being with you yeah that's that's personal prayer that is the connection that jesus wants to have with each of us it's available to each of us right Mm -hmm. like that is the good news god wants to know you and love you and he wants you to tell everyone you know about it and so i think the over programming that we have had as you know 21st century american christians follow these rules and We've made it so linear, right? Sure. And yeah. when it doesn't add up the way we thought it was going to add up, how disappointing, right? Absolutely. And so yeah. I think many of us are just refugees of disappointing, prayerful programs that don't work anyway. Mm. The program doesn't work. The relationship always works. Yeah, it's interesting. It's so often on this podcast, like it's crazy. <laughs> it's 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 the Holy Spirit, but like. Mm. No matter what topic I'm t- talking about with a guest, I'm just this is some self-reflection happening right now <laughs> live it. on this podcast <laughs> recording. But like so often, Samantha, the conversation always goes to because I ask a lot of why and how questions mm-hmm. of people. Because the goal is to influ- is to is to inform the audience. Sure. So often the answer is always relationship. Mm. Whether that's like, what's the most effective strategy to reach into brothels? Well, it's relationship, relationship right? Like, what's the most <laughs> effective strategy to raise awareness in the church? Well, you got to develop a relationship. So, what I hear you saying is, even in this other like core tenet of our work, that that being prayer, that really the primary motivator and the tether to that that work is again relationship. It's the relationship, but it and it's it's not human to human, but it's divine to mm-hmm. humanity. It's it's finding those entry points to where you access God and God accesses you. Beautiful. And um and then that again what I kinda hear you saying is like and then from that place is this spin off, this like subsidiary of okay, now we address issues of injustice and inequality and 
uh, those freedom, those liberty questions, right? Those healing questions. Um, We're going to take a break in the podcast. And when we come back on the other side, uh, I want to ask the, the who and the how, like, who should, who can, who should be doing this? Um, and, if, and a few other questions in that direction. So we'll see you uh, after the break. Four years ago, we started making candles in my kitchen because we had a dream to empower women recovering from sex trafficking. After years of growing, changing, and perfecting what we truly believe to be the perfect candle, we now sell goods across the country that empower women who are recovering from sex trafficking. And we want you to help us so that we can give more jobs to women that are in our program. Go to shop.elijahrising.org and you can see some of the most amazing goods you've ever tried, as well as empower the next woman to have a future after sex trafficking. And we have a special code for all of our podcast listeners. Just use the code podcast when you check out for a special discount. Welcome back. We're here with Samantha. So who can do this? (laughs) Can anybody engage in this type of prayer? And what I mean by that is like, you know, prayer about the issue of trafficking, but really like hours of prayer Mm. committed to the place of prayer and the practice of prayer. Or do you, is it necessary to have a room full of people? Is it necessary to have trained musicians uh, to, to do this effectively? I just had that scene from Dodgeball come into my mind. Like, is it necessary? Oh, really? no. no, it's not necessary to have a room full of people. And yes, everyone can do this. Yeah. I think just jumping off of talking about the beautiful man of Jesus and personal prayers, getting to know him, right? Yeah. When you fall in love with the beautiful man that is Jesus, who mm. confirms all those things we've talked about, justice, freedom, liberty, right? Yeah. There's something in us that opens up and we feel confident, comfortable, bold, loved and so we know when we bring our 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 worries that he's created us to worry about you know what i mean there's not not everyone in the world is going to care about human trafficking the yeah, way we do right that's true it's not everybody's like deep passion Absolutely. to care about this issue and that's fine and maybe Absolutely. you're watching and that's not you cool yeah cool but hey, if you think about it, if you see something, pray something. I, I like, so if you good. see something, say something, but That's also good. pray something. So good, um, yeah. And so I think personal prayer, again, super important, but then your identity in Christ, who who has created you to be who you are, right? Mm. But there's this refining and this laser focus almost that comes to you, and it's like, whoa, I really care about this. Yeah. And I know you really care about this. And so when I bring these things that break my heart, make me angry, and I agree with heaven that they shouldn't be, Mm. I know you're going to do something about it. It's hard for us in the place of prayer, especially at the beginning, I would say. If you're trying to begin a practice of prayer or even just a lifestyle of connectedness to the Lord, it's tough because you're like, this is the biggest issue ever. How Mm. How could me in my room for 20 minutes ever have an impact right. on something that's so prevalent that seems to be growing and and we can't even get our arms around it right. sometimes. Yeah. That connectedness to the Lord is like, oh wait, but your arms are around this and your mission is freedom. Yeah. And so when I agree with you, I can be confident that even though I cannot, you can. Yeah. 
Does well, that make sense? Uh, yeah, it does. And it makes me think that like there is something to be, because I asked you the question, like, do you have to have a room full of people? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like there is a connectedness oh, 100%. to the entire body of Christ, to the people of God across the globe, where it, even if it is me alone for 20 minutes in my closet, that as I pray, God deliver the captives, that actually I'm joining a symphony mm. of prayers and people that are praying the same prayer, maybe at the exact same time in China or in on the other side of the planet. Because that's how cool God is. Because that is how cool God (laughs) is. Right. And like, so maybe no, it's not necessary, but at the same time, even if we're alone, we are actually a part of the communion of the saints who are moving in the heart of God for fill in the blank, whatever issue, right? Whatever matters to you. That is contrary to the kingdom of heaven. I think something important and empowering that I want you all to know about personal prayer. Yes, you are connected by the spirit of the living God that is within us, moving us to pray prayers that are on the heart of our Father. That's really part of the mandate of those of us who are prayer room rats. We know we are here to agree with the heart of our Father, right? And, And anything else... Yeah. I don't know. That's not really my role. I'm here to agree with heaven. And in Revelation 4 and 5, Interesting. Yeah. we see this beautiful picture. And we, we see it as a picture of worship and prayer, yes. But I've also spent the past year really digging into that. This is the seat of authority of the king of the universe. Mm. What is surrounding his throne? Yeah. Worship and prayer. Right. It never doesn't matter. When we engage in what's taking place... 24-7, all the time, holy, 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 right. casting down their crowns, angels and saints, all of the above. When we engage in what's taking place around his throne, that is how let heaven come to earth takes place. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So oftentimes in the past, in my time in the prayer movement, I've prayed, let your kingdom come and your will be done here on the earth. Mm. But the truth is, it's not... It's, it's authority. It's the way his kingdom works. It's where he sits to rule and reign in justice and mercy. And when we get into that river, that mindset, engage in that process, mm. it is authoritative. So whether you're alone or in a room of a thousand people, yeah. I think the value of, of corporate prayer or corporate intercession is that you experience in real time that move of the Spirit. So rather than being in your prayer closet or in your personal time interceding for those things that groan within you, you're you're experiencing that connectedness in real time. You're hearing other people pray, man, that was on my heart, or yes, I agree, that's exactly how I feel about this situation. And that is empowering for the body. That's edification for you and me as we sit in a room and we say, we agree. Holy moly. I'm not a crazy person sitting for hours in my prayer closet. There's a movement of people who believe Jesus is who he says he is, has empowered us to do his work and is making a clear path forward for us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where like inspiration comes from, right? Like, Mm. which is, you know, if you break down the etymology of that word, like to in spirit, right? Mm -hmm. To infuse with the spirit, like that's where that place of inspiration comes from is when you 
are in that corporate setting with a group of people, or I mean, I think from our experience here at Elijah Rising, you know, like musicians aren't necessary, but darn, they sure do help. Makes it a little bit more fun, it doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if enjoyable. you have a little bit of a musical bent, you know, and you can join the melody or the chorus or whatever, you know, but it's like you find this place of, because look, I, I just, very frankly, like, I mean, you know, we at Elijah Rising, our team prays together every morning, Monday through Friday for minimum of 30 minutes. And there are plenty of times where I come in and I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to do this. Yeah, I, I don't. I have other things to do in this half hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Or like, you know, the emails are stacking up and like, you know, I got to do a podcast with Samantha in an hour, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm already in that place of like, okay, let's move on. Or, or maybe like I'm just in a really low spiritual place. Like mm-hmm. I just really sure. have no interest in talking to God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then you sit in this corporate group, the setting of other people who um, care or, or, you know, maybe care is the wrong word, but like this other group, this group of people who are like, we're all going somewhere together. We're invested. Yeah, invested. That's, yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. We're invested in this issue together. And then like they'll start praying something and like David will start singing a song that for mm-hmm. some reason like, you know, Cracks open your heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. You know, and somebody will pray for you know someone that our intervention team encountered on the street, yeah. and then cracks open my heart, and I'm like, oh my god, I do care. I, I do, I do care. And now I'm crying, and that, you yeah. know, the prayers is pouring out. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it is. It's inspiring. Absolutely, it's an inspiring place. And so I just think it's important. I, I mean, we kind of like jumped from like, do you have to have a group <laughs> to? Man, it's great to have a group. You know what I mean? But like I think for the audience, like the point is it's all valuable. Both and valuable valuable. works together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why Paul was so clear. Again, back to like we're so over programmed. I think we Mm. read his words, do not neglect the meeting together. Yeah, right. There's a reason. You better go to church. You've got to be there and check it off your list and you've got to be involved and you've got to go to Sunday school and you've got to do all of those things are great. Do not hear me say, sure. like, I value my history as a Sunday school kid 100%. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But what Paul is talking about, don't neglect being together, even when you f- don't feel like it, even sure. when you feel dry, even when pride or sin or uncomfortability, whatever it is, it kind of like hooks us up in our humanity. Yeah. Paul is saying, just Get together, get in a room together, get in a Zoom call together, get on a FaceTime call, call your friends, call the people you know um, that can speak to you, speak to your spirit. What we just said, who could crack your heart open and be like, I know you. Yeah. I know what's important to you, and this is important, and I'm here with you. You are not alone. Yeah, and thank God for the benefit of technology over right? the past 18 months or whatever. Which, or we're not just writing letters to each other. Like. Yeah, right, yeah, which was super effective, right? right? I mean, and so, but you know, like the benefit of technology is like you might be watching this on YouTube right now, and you probably feel a connectedness. You know what I mean? Like we don't even these days necessarily even have to be physically in person, though we do love that. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, I want to shift gears. Who's who's responsible for this? Whose job is it to pray? <laughs> okay. <I was> like <laughs> She's me. Like, I what don't are you know, talking no. about? No. <laughs> Throw me for a loop. Um, like, whose job is it to pray about the issue of sex trafficking? Whose job is it to pray that there would be an end to it and that the captives would be set free? Like, is it just people like yourself who? Uh, are trained and who do this professionally and like, you know, this is the job you go mm-hmm. to and this is like your life calling. Is yeah. it just folks like you? Is it just folks like me who work for a nonprofit that specifically targets the issue? Mm-hmm. Am I responsible to do the praying about the issue since it's my, you know, my, my field? Mm-hmm. Who, 
who should who should maybe should's the wrong word. Yeah, I don't like that word. I don't either. I shouldn't have used it. <laughs> so just respond. Who could? Who um, could? Yeah. Who can? <laughs> yeah. Anyone can. I think that's important. And, yeah. and kind of the obvious answer, all of us, of course. Yeah. Um, I think one of the unique and wonderful things about the place of prayer for anti-trafficking is something we've already talked about a bunch of times. Sometimes we pray and we don't know the outcome, right? I don't know when I pray for you for healing. I don't know if that's God's will for your life. I'm agreeing with whatever God's yeah. will is for you. Like a higher principle of like, God wants you to live, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't, God wants you to live with him forever. Yeah, sure. And so if that's his plan, I need to agree yeah. with that, right? Yeah. In the issue of trafficking specifically, we don't have to guess. Like, we know his will. He came to the earth. The spirit of the Lord is upon him, upon um, Isaiah, to make this a reality for the people of God. Mm. While the world continues, there's been slavery since the beginning of time, sure. right? Yeah, and it continues yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. Because it is the kingdom of darkness mm. that wants to capture, ensnare, bully, beat down, abuse. That is, that is a false kingdom, right? Yeah. And the kingdom of God always speaks freedom. So I think one of the beautiful things about prayer in the realm of anti-trafficking is you're never wrong when you're praying for freedom. You're never wrong when you're praying against acts of the enemy that would cause people to be tripped up in addiction to pornography, addiction to, you know, the demand end of, of the sex industry. We're never wrong. We're never off base. We're never guessing or wondering. So yeah. for me, I think this is a wonderful place to start. If you're looking for a place to start, a practice of prayer that is filled with confidence and boldness, number one, get in it with Jesus. Meet that man. Set aside time to fall in love with him because it's super easy. Yeah. Once you set aside time, who doesn't fall in love with Jesus? Yeah, yeah. He's... he's <laughs> yeah. He's everything. And so when you can do that and you catch a glimpse of his beauty, his wonder, his mission in life, right? And then you move into a place of intercession, standing in the gap, which is merely just disagreeing with the works of the enemy and agreeing with heaven. That is intercession. You're never wrong. Mm. And that's so empowering, I think, for a beginner or whatever, when you're just beginning the first phase of your life of prayer. Yeah. You can't go wrong because you're just agreeing with the spirit of the Lord. So I say everyone, everyone can pray about um, this so this mantle or this mission. But also I want to be clear and say, like we mentioned earlier, it's not everyone's heavy burden, sure. right? Yeah, right. Um, there are people who are moved to pray and care deeply about all aspects of, sure. of humanity, right? Yeah, yeah. And we need we need people Abs- encompassing to like the body, up, you know, right? Like people yeah. need to be praying for foster care children. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. and just to mention that, so many roads of disenfranchisement, if that's a big word that yeah. I could use, yeah. lead into trafficking. That's right. Homelessness, yeah. foster care situations, yeah. you know, and when you begin to dismantle coming out of awareness of this is happening into this is how it happens. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. I feel like there every aspect that you could be praying for, for freedom, addiction, again, yeah. all plays into this manifestation that we call trafficking. Yeah. Um, so it's anyone, everyone, do it alone, do it with yeah. a group of people, invite them. If you're just starting, call two people that you know care about humans and say, man, I've just become aware that... I can pray with authority. I can pray in relational confidence for this thing to end. Yeah. For strategy, for those who are 
on the front lines. Just going back, I think that's something that was really impactful for me. I am I never felt super comfortable or confident going out on an intervention. Sure. And yeah. there are many people who are like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's not one aspect of this movement that you have to be involved in, I'd say, other than prayer. Yeah. Because without the prayer aspect, you know, how could you do it every day? Yeah. No how doubt. could you do it? Yeah. Combating something so large, ever changing, sinister and just dark and hidden, mm-hmm. how could you continue going out there if you don't spend time with the chain breaker? Mm-hmm. And so that's important that I want people to realize you don't have to go out on an intervention. You don't have to just pray. You can go out on interventions. You can call Elijah Rising and I guarantee they're going to give you something to do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so like involvement is important no matter how you choose to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's probably a good place in the podcast to mention that, you know, the, the team here at Elijah rising, um, our directors, in fact, we have actually put together a prayer guide. Love um, that. that is, it kind of utilizes it. Like it's, it's topical, uh, mm-hmm. on different things, you know, different topics within the work, the anti-trafficking work that we do. Uh, and it's got scripture kind of embedded with each topic and it even has written out prayers. I love it. Like, so maybe you just don't feel like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know what words to use. I don't even know the right language to use about right. this issue. It's cool. Like we've already provided all that for you. Um, and it really is like a jumping off point and you, it could be used in a corporate setting. It could be used in a, you know, an individual setting. Uh, and it's on our website. It's called the you know the Elijah Rising Prayer Guide. So I, maybe we'll put a link. I'm about to put David on the spot, but uh, we'll put a link in the, in the That's show notes. Awesome! Yeah, I'm so glad y'all have that. It's really Amazing. cool. Um, so I, we're running short on time, but I want to make space um, for you. I just want to know, as someone who's done this for so long and who consistently just does this work, um, are there any testimonies? Is mm. there like one or maybe two? Um, like stories of direct impact that you could say, like we prayed about the issue of trafficking and this is a response that we saw. Have it, has that ever happened? Yes. Okay, tell us. Um, in 2017, the Super Bowl was here in Houston. That's right. And again, yeah. another layer of awareness for me was, whoa, this really increases. Yeah. And how, ugh, just, again, burden, righteously angry, all of these things. Yeah. Um, and so I was actually invited to be part of a prayer you know, coalition where yeah. we did a 24-hour prayer and worship event. I, I want to say it was three days long. Yeah. Um, and we were involved in you know different capacities in that same team that started at Second Fridays. Yeah. We went downtown and, and we began to pray. And just a testimony also to that corporate side of things, it was kind of the first time I had been outside of our little West Side bubble hmm. to see, whoa, there are people in our city super committed hmm. to ending this in the way we believe to be sustainable. How yeah. about that? Yeah, it's good. Um, and so making connections there, there was a, you know, the police department of Houston actually started their own prayer and worship, mm. which. Wow. Blew my mind. My grandfather was a police officer for like 35 years. And to think about those guys, just even opening space, you know, to say, this is important. We want to do the work boots on the ground. Will you please pray for us? Will you please cover us? Give us strategy to open up, you know, there and many other small testimonies on second or fourth Fridays of this woman was around the corner and I had no idea. I just randomly ran into her or I just knew this was the guy I needed to talk to in that cantina to make an impact. Or this was the 
strip club that wouldn't let me in last week and all of a sudden they're letting me in. Yeah. I attribute all of that to the strategy of heaven, yeah. you know, of That's being in the place of prayer and God releasing his authority on yeah. heaven as it is on earth. Yeah. And that's so true, Smith. I mean, that is why when we do intervention again, that's kind of been thrown for a loop because of COVID, but like yeah. when we do intervention, like we are, we are committed to having teams that pray yeah. that don't just, that don't just walk through those doors of those places, but they actually stay in a location and they pray over the teams because it really does open the doors really for the teams to walk does. through the doors. Yes. Right. Um, and we, yeah, we, we have, Tons of testimonies. Um, so before we go, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your voice. Um, thank you for the years of service to um, uh, the kingdom, I guess is the right way to put it. Um, and, but really to like the those who are being exploited and those who have come out and overcome, um, you know, the your prayers are changing lives, I believe, mm. um, and empowering people like you know us to to do this work on a daily basis because it's it's tough, it's hard, yeah, it's hard work. Um, so I kind of just want to give space for you to like. Is there anything else like you, you know you feel led to share right now? Um, and and how can people kind of support your work? Um, is there anything you kind of want to promote or something like that? Yeah, I, first of all, I want to say I'm honored. <laughs> I love this ministry. <clears throat> I love getting to know every aspect. And how we can pray better. So I think today was also another insight of how I can pray more effectively or more intentionally. And that's wonderful. Um, Again, anyone is welcome to join the Great Southwest Prayer Center. Where are you at? Where are you located? We are located on the west side in Katy. It's a little bit of a trek for those downtownies. (laughs) Um, But we also have an online prayer room. So you can visit our website, greatsouthwestprayercenter.org. And you can log into our live streams anytime yeah. we have live worship or prayer going on. We're doing a lot of Zoom prayer. We've got a lot awesome. of COVID bobs and weaves that we're yeah. navigating. Um, but we always love questions on our websites. We have a lot of prayer guides as well awesome. as to how to pray, when to pray, what it looks like to pray. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're always welcomed. Too. Yeah. And so on Friday, um, this episode of the podcast is airing uh, on May 3rd. And May 7th is an event called Fire on the Altar, which Elijah Rising (laughs) will be participating in. So why don't you pitch that a little bit? What is it and how can people participate? Fire on the Altar has been like Christmas morning for me for the past seven or eight years. What? Okay. Yes. (laughs) It is our um, kind of expression of what we're attempting to build within the Great Southwest Prayer Center. So this year we have 25 hours of nonstop prayer and worship led by... Elijah Rising is going to be with us. The Bible Seminary will be with us. Churches from all over the city will be there to lead two-hour sets of worship and prayer with different um, emphases. What's the word? Emphases? (laughs) Emphases. Comment below because we probably butchered it. topics (laughs) that they are praying and interceding for specifically, and that is a community event. Everyone is welcome to come look at the schedule and just say, I want to be there. I want to pray. Bring your kids. Bring your friends. You can stay for two hours. You can stay for 25 hours. You can stay for 20 minutes on your lunch break. And it really is just an expression of of what we're building as a family of prayer yeah. um, and it offering it up to the city as come join in the worship and prayer that's taking place here. It matters. Awesome. Yeah. And so if they want more information about that, they can go to the website. Thegreatsouthwestprayercenter.org. Absolutely. Um, I was going to take us out real quick, but I just feel moved. (laughs) I'm getting choked up. Um, I feel moved to just mention Randy Campbell. Mm. 
um, who uh, we are, we are actually recording this episode in March. So uh, Randy recently passed away, has gone on to be with the Lord, and uh, had a really deep impact in my life. And um, I didn't expect to get this emotional, but uh, I found that place of prayer that you've been talking about this whole episode. And Randy really, um, and Jennifer and Cassidy, you know, the family. That family. That family. (laughs) And Shauna and all of them. um, They really stepped into a place in my life in those days and helped disciple me in a place of praying. Absolutely. And uh, this was like, I don't know, years and years ago. I can't even, I don't know how long ago it was. And so, but Randy was just this person who uh, was a shining example of somebody who gave their life to contending for the people of God, um, and for the world and the place of prayer. Absolutely. And uh, he recently died and uh, played such a critical role in my life, and I know the same for you. And Absolutely. so, but the reason, like, there's a through line here that I'm realizing that, like, because I was discipled in that place, when I found out about the issue of trafficking, the first thing, the only thing I knew to do was pray. And I got together with a group of friends who also knew Randy, who was also being discipled <laughs> by Randy in the place of prayer. And we put together a prayer meeting for the ending of sex trafficking on the on the first Saturday of each month. And that's how Elijah Rising was born. Hallelujah. And so... Um, yeah. And I'll tell you everything. Um, Cassidy and Randy and Jennifer, they, are, they have been our papa and mama... In, yeah. in the Great Southwest Prayer Center, we yeah. partnered with Mosaic for almost 10 years to yeah. build and sustain 24-hour prayer and worship in the city of Katy, um, in the city of Houston. They get it. Yeah. Randy caught a glimpse of the heart of the Father and was intentional about sharing it with others, creating a space of, we are so loved. Yeah. We are then compelled to move forward Living in love, loving one another. He exhibited John 15, like nobody's business of love one another well. He was a friend of Jesus. Yeah. And I think we're a family, Adam. I haven't met you other than today, but like there's this connectedness, there's this understanding that we are all being born into this movement in some way, shape, or form. And a lot of that. Um, comes from the discipleship of the Campbell family, and I yeah. am forever grateful. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank so, you for mentioning that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they'll uh, if they'll see this far, you know, deep into the episode. But um, yeah, to you guys, we say thank you. We love you uh, to you to your whole family, and um, and may Randy always be remembered and honored. Heck yeah! So thanks for joining us today on the podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today for this episode. If you were inspired by this content today, please share, rate, and leave a review. Also, please consider making a donation at elijahrising.org donate. Your support helps us continue the vital mission to combat sex trafficking. Until next time.